What is going on, guys? Hope you're doing well and happy 2023. Happy New Year. Let's let's start this new year off with a bang. So if you read the title, then you kind of know what this podcast is going to be about. So it's more of like an educational podcast and to kind of teach you like exactly the differences between strength versus hypertrophy slash muscle building and to help you know like, okay, hey, if I want to focus on this, maybe this is what I should focus on and the differences between the two, are there differences between the two, how you can add the two together, all that kind of stuff. So that's what we're going to dive into in this podcast episode. So um, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully you get some good value out to this. So um, first and foremost, I want to say that when you're a beginner, okay, like a legit beginner, you're going to build muscle and strength regardless, okay? Because there, there's a there's a uh, adaptation level, right? So essentially, when you are a beginner, okay, it is super easy to build muscle and build strength. And the more advanced you get, the more you lift weights and the more experience you get, I couldn't think of the word, that amount of progress you can make, strength and hypertrophy goes down. So it's like an inverse relationship, right? It's like the less experience you have, the higher potential is to build muscle. And as you start to gain more experience, the rate of building muscle and strength starts to decrease. Okay, so the more advanced you get, the harder it becomes. So I want to say at first, this stuff doesn't necessarily matter as much. You're going to build muscle and strength just by doing anything. Now, I will say this is still very important because if you set off, if you start off on a good program focusing on these things, it's going to set you up for the future to get really good results in the future. So this is still important, but I want to preface this by saying, if you're a beginner, just by going to the gym, lifting weights, focusing on form, improving your form, you're going to make progress that way. Okay. Because like, think about it like this, like when you first do a squat, okay, it's challenging and it could feel a little awkward, right? And the more you do it, the better you get at the movement. So the more muscles you're going to connect to, the more muscles you're going to work, the more weight you're going to be able to lift, and the more progress you're going to be able to have, right? It's just like a baby, like when they're first starting to walk, you know? Have you ever seen like a baby, like first they crawl, then they they try to walk, but they're a little wobbly, they fall down, and then, you know, they hold on to something, and they walk a few more steps, and then they kind of get the movement pattern down and they start getting really good at walking and then they learn how to walk and then eventually they start to learn how to run, but then they fall and then they get back up and then they learn and then they jump all this kind of stuff. Like your body is very adaptive. Okay. So basically the more you do it, the more you do strength training, the more you're going to have to focus on the more specific you're going to have to be. But what this podcast is talking about, you don't have to be super specific, but you you are going to have to be 
a little bit more specific the more advanced you get okay so strength versus hypertrophy first and foremost they're they're very similar but they're different they play into one another okay it's not like oh i i want to be super strong but i don't want to build muscle or i don't want to get strong but i want to build muscle it's like okay we could focus on one a little bit more and then maybe not as much as one the other but they all play into each other both are important for each other okay so strength deals with skill acquisition so getting good at movements okay so the skill of a squat the skill of a deadlift the skill of a bench press strength is a skill okay you are ingraining movement patterns into your body and just like any other skill the more you practice the more you're going to get better at it right you're going to make adjustments just like nba players they don't just shoot the ball once playing a game right and they only play games right and then they make it to the nba like no like they practice every day during the week in between games they practice in the offseason they're constantly shooting the ball they're constantly critiquing their form they're constantly dribbling the ball all because they're teaching their body how to better shoot the ball, how to better dribble the ball, so that when they go into a game, it carries over to that, and they are more skilled at basketball because of it, so they can perform better, right? Same thing goes for, um, I'm trying to think, same thing goes for, like, let's just talk about like gymnasts, like gymnastics, right? that's why they have such good balance coordination and they have a really strong um, core and all this kind of stuff is because they practice it this is something that they continually practice so they teach their body to be good at these things so the same thing goes with strength the more you practice it the better you're going to get at it okay now strength also is more of a neurological adaptation so what that means is your muscles are attached to your brain via these things called motor neurons okay so essentially your brain sends signals to your muscles to tell them when to fire uh, how quickly to fire when to fire at different times all this kind of stuff so when it's called neural drive right so when you're strength training okay and you're lifting heavy weight your brain gets better over time it builds new connections to certain muscles right it learns to access more muscles which is why um you notice that one you get stronger over time because your body starts to or I should say your brain starts to connect to more muscles at one time compared to it did before, right? So just to put it in perspective, if your brain connected to 10 leg muscles, it's very more complex than this, but just to break it down to make it a little bit easier to understand, if if when you started your brain connected to 10 leg muscles, every week, let's say you, you get better at form, you maybe add two and a half pounds, five pounds to the bar, well, Maybe instead of 10 muscles it's connecting to, maybe now it's connecting to 12 muscles. 
12 muscle fibers, or maybe it's connecting to 15 muscle fibers. So over time, your neural drive or the the way your your brain fires the muscles improves. So you get better at the movement, stronger at the movement, right? And then in addition to that, strength is going to lead to more hypertrophy because the stronger you are, the more weight you're going to be able to lift, which plays into a role of building bigger muscles, right? Because just like anything else, like progressive overload, the the more weight you lift, your body has to adapt, okay? And you're going to build muscle that way. So strength, as you can see, has its own set of things with the skill acquisition and neurological. It's very specific. Strength is very specific. So if you want to get strong at something, you have to do that thing, all right? Because of the skill acquisition, because of the neural adaptation. So if you want to get strong at a squat, a barbell back squat, you have to practice a barbell back squat, not a uh, goblet squat, not a uh, hack squat, right? Because those aren't as specific and you can't load them as much. They don't require as much stability. So they, they can be great assistance exercises, but they aren't the barbell back squat. You don't have the bar on your back. You're not using all the muscles you have to use in a back squat, right? You're not, you don't have the the weight in a goblet squat is in front of you versus when it's on your back and it's really heavy. Your, your body has to learn to handle the heavy weight. Your body has to learn to brace itself, right? So strength deals with all that. But then also, like I said, like the stronger you are, the more weight you're going to be able to lift. And uh, that's going to lead to more muscle growth. So in addition to uh, strength being very specific, volume, the amount of work you're doing, okay, affects the amount of of, of work and, and practice, right? So when you're focusing on strength, all right, and we're going to dive a little bit more, in, more into this, um, since it is working your central nervous system, it's very taxing. It's very systemically taxing. You are lifting a shit ton of weight, all right? which is just very stressful to your body. So it takes your body a long time to recover from. This is why you don't see people maxing out a lot or you don't see people heavy compound, like lifting super maximal load compound movements every day of the week because your body, you you would burn out and you would fuck yourself up because your body just can't recover from it, okay? So strength is basically, in a nutshell, lifting really heavy, and it takes a lot of energy to do so, and it takes time to recover from. Hypertrophy, on the other hand, isn't as specific. So you can build muscle from doing these compound movements. Like you can build muscle, especially at the beginning, by doing uh, a squat or a bench press, okay? Because your body is very adaptive at the beginning, right? Like like your, your stimulus that is required to build muscle is very low, okay? So you're going to build muscle from these movements, but it's less specific because there is a million movements you can do to build muscle, okay? So the movements don't necessarily matter as much. What, what matters is the effort that you put into it, okay? And how it feels for your body, and the mind muscle connection that that is what necessarily matters 
the most. Okay, so going close to failure, picking a movement that you that feels good for you, that you really um, can feel the the movement working, um, is going to matter for hypertrophy. And the goal is to recruit. Okay, remember the whole neurological um, adaptation. Uh, the the goal is to recruit as many muscle fibers as possible to create that stimulus to build muscle. Okay, so remember, like the stronger you are, the more muscle you can build from lifting heavier weight. But in the same token, the more muscle you have, the stronger you can be because the potential for strength is there because you have all this muscle, okay? So you build all this muscle and then your brain then has all this muscle to build connections to and fire, right? So your potential to get stronger is that much higher because you have all this muscle and that's just not accessed yet if you want to put it in simplest terms. So the stronger you get over time, the more access and connections your body's going to build to that muscle. So as you can see, they play into each other. They're very similar, uh, but but different. And we're going to kind of dive into it, why that is. Um, so first and foremost, talking about like the adaptation cycle and, and volume, um, like I kind of talked about, when you're a beginner, your threshold for building muscle, building strength is super low. So just by like, I always joke around, I'm like, just going to the gym naturally, just since there's so many weights around, you're just going to like build muscle and get stronger. But the point is, just by even doing body weight exercises to begin with, you're going to create a stimulus that is going to force your body to adapt and get stronger and build muscle because your body's not used to that, right? So, but eventually your body's going to adapt to that and you're going to have to progressive overload to keep making progress, right? So, you know, remember like progressive overloading is doing more than your body did the, the previous week or before, right? It doesn't have to be week to week, but doing more over time to force your body to adapt, okay? This is how this is how strength and muscle is built. And, and and this one's really important because a lot of people miss out on this where they'll do the same thing. They'll go to the gym. They'll actually follow like a decent program. I see this all the time, but they won't challenge themselves. They'll stick to the same weight or they'll stick to the same reps. And it's great until it's not great, right? Like it's like, okay, like cool. Like you're doing the movements. That's amazing. You're getting to the gym, you're strength training, but like, let's, let's force your body to adapt, right? It's not just going to do it by itself. So you have to progressive overload to force your body to adapt, okay? So to, it goes like this. You go to the gym. You create a stimulus by sending uh, a signal of building muscle. You stress your body in the gym by lifting weight, okay? So you, you have your workout, and then you have your off day. During your off day, that's when your body recovers back to its baseline, okay? So if, if, if it kind of imagine a heart rate monitor at the doctor you know how it goes like up and down up and down so imagine you have the the line in the middle that's your baseline when you go to the gym and you stress the body and you send the muscle building signal that line goes down because you're essentially stressing it you're breaking down the muscle to make things simple so that line goes down but then on your off days when you're recovering that line goes back up to that mid baseline level. Hopefully that kind of makes sense. So now you have like a V, 
okay? But we want the trend over time to go up, and that comes from progressive overloading, all right? And again, progressive overloading is doing more. When you're a beginner, focusing on form, focusing on tempo is two really, really good things that are just going to really help you progress. And then as you start to get more advanced, get more comfortable, get better at the movements, increasing the weight, doing more reps, adding in more sets for volume. This is the stuff that's going to help you adapt. That's the point number three, okay? So as a summary, we broke the muscle down, then we recovered back up, but we're still at baseline, right? Okay, so in order to get above that baseline and adapt, we have to do more in progressive overload. So let's say we used, for example, let's say we used 135 pounds to deadlift this week, all right? Next week, we used 145 pounds. So we stressed the body, and then we recovered back to baseline. But, so there's two Vs now, but since this time we used 145 pounds instead of 135, we did more volume, and we pushed ourselves, we progressive overloaded. So now that line, instead of stopping at the baseline, it kept going up because your body got stronger. Your body built some muscle. And then this is how it is done over a long period of time and how people get super strong and really jacked and build a lot of muscle. Because when you look at the trend over time, yeah, you're going to have these V's, all right, almost like a heart rate. But if you drew a straight line through them, all right, that that would be a diagonal line increasing, okay? And your baseline, then every week, that line where the V goes up to after recovery starts to increase each week too because you're creating a new baseline every time you progressive overload, all right? So that's basically how your body adapts and why it's super important to progressive overload and push yourself a little bit. Um, and... For the volume, to, to kind of keep it uh, simple, and volume just basically means how much work you're doing, but to, to put it in simplest terms is just to kind of go by sets. Like how many sets per muscle group per week should you do to, to build muscle and to make progress? And that's going to kind of go in between, um, and I'm, I'm together putting through, or I should say, uh, I'm combining strength and muscle strength and hypertrophy into one here just to keep it simple because again some of your strength work will play into some into hypertrophy some of your hypertrophy work will play into strength so we're gonna just talk like talk about them combined here for volume and that's gonna be about 10 to 20 sets per muscle group per week okay and that has just been shown in research to be the optimal set range to get results but again, like everybody's different. Like if you're a beginner, you honestly probably 100%, and I'm not even going to say probably, like you don't need 10 sets per muscle group per week. You just don't. You could probably get away with having five sets, right? And then maybe week two, you go up to six sets or seven sets. But eventually, as you start to adapt and you start to get a little bit more advanced, even when you're in the beginner stage, that, that 10 rep range is about like the minimum or just a 10 set range is about the minimum of um 
how many sets per muscle group per week uh, you're going to need to uh, make progress. All right. Uh, so again, 10 to 20 sets and that's for, you know, chest, back, shoulders, quads, glutes, hamstrings, all this kind of stuff. But the, the thing is, which we'll talk here in a second, a lot of these exercises work multiple muscle groups at once. So it's not like, okay, well, I want to work 10 sets of my quads. So I have to do uh, leg extensions, sissy squats, and I have to do like a heel elevated GABA squat. It's like, no, like your barbell back squat's going to play into that depending on what type of deadlift you're doing. If you're doing like a trap bar deadlift, like it is more hip dominant, but you do get a little bit more knee flexion, knee bend. So your your quads are going to work a little bit in uh, that trap bar deadlift. Uh, so again, like they play all play into each other, right? And then even like your squats, like even though it's a quad dominant movement, your glutes still play a role in, in squats, right? So you can add that. That's going to be part of your 10 sets per week. And then your, whatever deadlift variation you do, and then another deadlift variation, squat variations. So there is carryover to a lot of these, all right? So um, 10 to 20 sets per muscle group per week is you're going to be your kind of like gold standard, like your range you want to aim for. Um, and and yeah. Uh, so, so now we know exactly what strength and hypertrophy is. We know how many sets we should aim for each week but how do we break those sets down well that can be done by going like three to four days a week you can easily get 10 to 20 sets per muscle group in three to four days anything over that to be honest with you is typically overkill unless you're more advanced which I can guarantee you, you're most likely not if you're listening to this. Um, even me, I'm still on that like that that little ledge of okay, I'm intermediate slash advanced, so I could very well go do five days if I wanted to, but I just feel better doing four days, so I'm gonna do four days. So my point is, you can make amazing progress with four days a week. But if if obviously you want to get to that next level and you are at that point where you maybe adding a fifth day might be beneficial. That's totally fine. It's just more work and it, it would be a good idea to split the volume. But essentially, so let's say we're starting off nice and light. We want to do, let's stick with glutes. We, we, we were starting at at 10 uh, sets per muscle group per week. Okay. With glutes. All right. So it's like, okay, well, what do I do? Well, we know, let's say you're doing a three day a week program. Okay. So for the three day a week program, I program for my clients would be an upper, lower, full body split. Okay. So that means on your lower body, you would have five sets for glutes. And on your full body, you would have five sets per glutes. So when you add those up at the end of the week, you are at 10 sets. If you did a four day a week program, an upper lower split, it would just be the same thing. It would just be five sets on lower day one, five sets on lower day two, and then you'd be 10 sets for the week. And then honestly, like the way I do it and a lot of other people do it, uh, is like if, if, if you switch from like a four day or a three day, basically like that 
that second lower and second upper body day, they're just combined to make the full body day for a three day split. Um, so, so I, not to get too confusing. Um, that's basically, uh, how, how that works. Um, and I kind of lost my train of thought here with the three and four day splits. All right. You are also able to work the muscle groups two times per week. Okay. Which research has shown to be the most optimal time to work versus one muscle per week. And it's not necessarily like I used to think it was because there's something to frequency where it was like you're sending a signal, right? So muscle protein synthesis is activated after you work out 48 to 72 hours. So it's basically like your, your body's signal to build muscle. So the thought was, okay, if I work out more often, I'm going to keep spiking this muscle protein synthesis or this muscle building signal. And the more I have it spiked, the more muscle I'm going to build. And it just not, not that that's, there's no truth to that, but it doesn't necessarily work like that. The, the more, the reason why this is important is because you have a, a threshold to how much you could do in one session. Okay. So if you, let's, let's just say, if you were to do your, your glute, your 10 sets of glutes in one session, after a certain point, you're going to be super fatigued. So it's almost turns into like junk volume, right? So junk volume being you're doing extra work, but it's not really doing anything because you're too fatigued, you're tired out, and you're not pushing close to failure, okay? So let's say like after set six of glutes on your day of doing 10 sets, you're just done. Well, that means those next four sets are just going to be trash and they're not really doing much because remember, you have to go close to failure. So by splitting up the two days, so instead of doing 10 on one day, now you're doing it two times a week, working the same muscle two times a week, you're able to go even harder on those five sets versus trying to do it all in one time, if that kind of makes sense. So you're able to go harder, you're able to push closer to failure, then you're sending even a higher muscle building signal to build muscle, and you have more recovery. So that's that's kind of the reason why. Um, and another thing that like, people don't necessarily talk about that much, especially being a beginner and, and more towards that intermediate is just like, and, and I don't have anything against the whole bodybuilding split. Like I don't, I think it's trash for most people. Uh, obviously bodybuilders do it very well. I mean, they've been doing it for years, like decades, uh, and they get tremendous physiques, but we're not talking about bodybuilders. We're talking about just fucking people who want to go to the gym, get confident, get strong and jacked. Um, so for, you know, people like you and I going two or two times a week to work the same muscle, or I should say working the same muscle two times a week gives us more practice, right? So remember the whole skill acquisition, the whole neurological adaptation part, like, cool. Like we, we get to do more practice when we work a muscle group two times a week, because we're to do the glutes. Well, what's the best movement pattern for glutes? a hip hinge, uh, a deadlift, essentially. So we're going to have to work the deadlift two times a week. So we get to practice the hip hinge movement two times a week, which a lot of people struggle with. So being able to do a movement more than once a week is very important because um, we, we get to get better at the skill of it, which means we're going to do the movement pattern better. We're going to get stronger. We're, we're going to be safer. We're going to be able to add more weight. Uh, we're going to be able to connect more muscles, all this kind of good stuff. Uh, so 
so um that that's kind of the 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 reason too why we do like three and four day splits and, and two times a week so now kind of going into uh the actual workout talking about exercise selection okay exercise selection is basically going to be majority of compound movements okay and the reason being is because one like i said if if you're a beginner you don't need to be doing all this crazy shit like you can just get some really good progress by doing compound movements the movements that work multiple muscles at once okay and the the main movements you want in all your program are going to be a squat variation, a deadlift variation, okay? So a squat, basically sitting up and down from a chair, deadlift, picking something up off from the ground. You're going to want a vertical press, so pressing something over your head, a horizontal press, laying on your back and pressing something uh, to the ceiling, all right? Or uh, just basically pushing away from your chest. Okay. That's a horizontal press. And then a vertical row, which is basically pulling from above your head and a horizontal row, which is basically pulling from in front of you. Okay. So we want all these movement patterns. And then in addition to that, I will say we do want some unilateral work. So we do want some lunges because just it's, it's important for a health and safety uh, and quality of life to do unilateral work, work on a lot of our stabilizer muscles, work on our balance or coordination. Um, so those movements, and you can even add a carry in as well, like carrying like a farmer's carry, uh, suitcase carry, uh, you know, trap bar, farmer carry, all that kind of good stuff just to, because just like, if, I'm sure you're going to be carrying stuff like carrying groceries, suitcase, luggage, all that kind of stuff. Um, so these movement patterns are all compound movements. They're all working multiple muscle groups. Like your deadlift, you're working your hamstrings, a little bit of quads, uh, your glutes, your back is working to hold the weight up. Um, your, uh, yeah, your, your core is working tremendously. So you're getting a lot of bang for your buck with these movements. So you want the majority of your programs to be compound movements just because so many muscles are being worked at once. So you're kind of like killing like eight birds with like one stone, if that kind of makes sense, because you're working so many muscles at once with heavy weight, because with the compound movements, you're going to be able to lift a lot of fucking weight with them because you're using a lot of muscles. So you're going to, of course, be lifting a lot of weight, right? So imagine like compared to like a uh, chest fly, right? Imagine like any type of chest fly. Let, let's think of like a cable chest fly, right? So you grab the cables, your hands, your elbows are tucked a little bit, 45 degrees. Your hands are next to your um, chest to start out. And then you're thinking of driving your bicep into your chest and bringing your hands together in front of you. So that isolates your chest. You're not going to be able to lift as much weight on that as you would have using a bench press, right? Like a dumbbell bench press, because on a dumbbell bench press, you have the bench for a little bit of stability. You have your shoulders helping your chest. You have your chest, you have your triceps, right? You have your, your lats working a little bit to help stabilize yourself. And you have your legs to help drive the weight up a little bit. So 
see how like you're using all these muscles to help you get the weight up so all those muscles are working and you're lifting more weight so compound movements are going to be your best friend no matter if you're a beginner or intermediate all right so you want compound movements making the majority of your program and then you can add in some isolation work for your um for the for the muscles that you want to build up right so let's just say you want to get some jacked arms cool like at the end of your workout you can add in some bicep curls to isolate the bicep because that's going to really place all the tension on the bicep or to you know your triceps make up the majority of your arms so add in some skull crushers or add in some cross cable tricep extensions or if you want to get uh, more defined shoulders you can add in some lateral raises or some some y's or reared out uh rows or flies whatever the case may be you can add in some isolation exercises at the end of your workouts to kind of fine tune those muscle groups that you want to build right but the majority of workouts should be made up of compound movements just because if we're going three to four days a week we want to maximize that time and be efficient. So that's that's the key there. Um, and of course, you want to do a variation that is good for you. All right. So if you can't barbell back squat with good form and it hurts, you don't need to barbell back squat, right? You, you can do a GABA squat. You can do a Bulgarian split squat. You can do a front foot elevated split squat. You can, there's a million other variations of squats that you can do that doesn't require you to put a bar on your back. Or if you can't go down deep or you have trouble keeping the weight on your heels or whatever the case may be, you can use a box and use a box squat. There's no like right or wrong way. The whole point is you're just doing these movement patterns. Just like you don't need to be doing a barbell bench press. You can use dumbbells. You can do a push-up. A push-up is technically a bench press. So as you can see, there's a bunch of variations that you can do to get these movement patterns in your program. And I'm going to, just kind of writing a note here. I'm going to put an example of um, how to exactly, it's going to be a quick example. I'll, I'll make a podcast that goes more in depth than this in the future. But I'm going to do a quick example of like exactly the format you would do to set up your workouts to make them most effective. Okay. So we went over uh, the difference between strength and hypertrophy. Okay. We went over adaptations and volume. We went over how often you should be doing it. Uh, the frequency. We went over exercise selection. Let's talk about the, the nitty gritty on strength and hypertrophy. Um, let's talk about the intensity, okay, that you should be lifting with, okay? So intensity has two definitions, basically. Basically, intensity could either mean how much weight you're lifting or the amount of effort you're putting in, okay? So with strength, so we'll start with strength first. The goal with strength, remember, strength is very specific. It's a skill. It's, it's very neurological, okay? So the goal with strength is number one, obviously to make sure our form is down. So improve form. And two, it's to increase the weight each week because strength deals with intensity. And again, intensity for strength is going to be the amount of weight that you're using. So 
when you increase intensity over time, you're going to get stronger. Okay. And this is going to be best done in the one to five rep range because the one to five or six rep range is mostly neurological. Okay. It's mostly uh, done by your central nervous system, your, your brain connecting to your muscles and firing them. That is what the one to six rep range is. All right. Um, and it, it, remember, the more muscle you have, um, the more connections and greater strength you can build. Uh, and then um, that is for strength. Okay. Hypertrophy is mostly done by creating mechanical tension. Okay. So going that that's what i mean by going close to failure you're you're creating a stimulus for building muscle because you're recruiting all of those muscle fibers when you go close to failure which sends your body a signal and it creates mechanical tension to build muscle so rather than just increasing the weight each week for hypertrophy the goal is to go close to failure and how you progress with hypertrophy, like I kind of talked about before, is something called double double progression. So linear progression for strength, um, and simply that just means literally increasing the weight each week. Double progression, double linear progression, means kind of increasing the weight and or reps each week. So for example, because if you think about it, if you're doing like a... Um, if you're doing a dumbbell bicep curl, you're not going to be able to increase the weight each week because you're just using your biceps compared to doing a dumbbell or yeah, we'll just say like a dumbbell bench press, which is more of a compound movement. You're using your chest, like I said, your tricep, your shoulders, your lats a little bit, all these good muscles. So you're going to be able to increase the weight a lot easier. So you're going to be able to increase the weight each week up until a certain point because you're using all those muscles. But for a dumbbell bicep curl, you're just using your bicep, which is a very small muscle compared to all these other big chest muscles and shoulder muscles and all that kind of stuff. And they're all working together in this. You literally just have like your bicep. You do have a little bit of like your core and shoulders for stability and all that kind of good stuff. But it's basically isolating your, your bicep. Um, so obviously, you're not going to be able to increase the weight each week. So how do we progress? Well, we progress through weight and reps. So you're going to have a range. Okay. So let's just say your range is eight to 10, just for an example, week one, you want to try picking a weight and you'll get better at this over time. You're not going to be perfect at this. This is something that's going to call That's going to be a lot of trial and error, but you will get better at this. So, um, you might stick with the same weight or you might actually go up in weight every every time for like the first few months, but then you might stick with the same weight for a whole month. And then as you learn, you'll kind of see, okay, um, this is how it's done. This is how my body works. But let's just say for the to start at the bottom end of the rep range, you pick 15 pounds for eight reps, okay? Well, you would do that 15 pounds until you're able to get the high end of that rep range for all of your sets. So let's say next week, you do 15 pounds again, but now you're able to do 10 pounds for all three sets. OK, 
Okay, cool. You hit the top end of the rep range. You got stronger because you were able to do more work. Even though it wasn't more weight, you still lifted it up for more time. So your body got stronger. So now you hit the top end of the rep range. Now you can increase the weight. All right. So let's say next week you go to 20 pounds. You do 20 pounds for eight reps. The next week you do 20 pounds for nine reps. The week after that, you do 20 pounds for 10 reps. Oh, you hit the top out of the rep range. Okay, now you go up to 25 pounds. And and this is the process you keep you keep completing over time. And this is how you make progress. And remember, just like weight loss, you're not gonna lose weight every week. Same thing with progressive overload. Like sometimes you're not gonna increase your weight or your reps every week. It just doesn't happen like that. It's what happens over time that matters. Some weeks you're just not gonna have it, right? Some weeks you're gonna be tired. Maybe you're gonna be sick. Maybe you don't have as much energy. Maybe you didn't recover as well. Whatever the case may be, some weeks you're just not gonna fucking have it, and that's okay. The goal by the end of a workout program, if you do a workout program for like four to eight weeks, is to see, oh, okay, wow, I did progress at least a little bit. Even if it was only like five pounds, even if you did a few more reps, that's still progress, okay? So that's how you would progress with hypertrophy, just because it's a lot uh, smaller smaller muscle groups. I mean, I can build as much weight. So it'd be double progression. And the way to kind of split this up is, um, well, let me actually first talk about rest real quick. So when you're resting in between your strength exercises, so when you're doing your one to five rep ranges or one to six, since it is so neurologically taxing, you are going to want to rest longer because it takes longer period of time for your body to recover in between sets for your central nervous system. Okay, so that's why resting for like three to five minutes is going to be optimal because you're going to want to be able to lift as much weight every single set to get stronger and continue to get strong um, as the weeks go on. This is a common mistake a lot of people make is they'll do uh, one set for squats and they'll rest one minute and then they have to drop the weight or reps down because they didn't rest long enough. They're not fully recovered and then they're not going to make as much progress because they're not able to lift as much weight. So rest is very important. And then also for hypertrophy, uh, that two to three minutes is that sweet spot. Uh, research is actually pretty clear on this right now. Um, so imagine like you go one sh- one rep shy of failure um, on an exercise and uh, you're really grinding, let's just say a side lateral raise, you really grind, you have one more left rep, rep left in the tank. You're gonna wanna rest at least two to three minutes to allow your body to recover so that you can go close to failure again the next set and the set after that because or however many sets you're doing because that is the leading driver of muscle growth is that mechanical tension is going close to failure so if you're selling yourself short by not resting and you're not able to lift as much weight that you could have or able to lift as much reps have you could have had you rested you're not going to make make as much progress because you're not going to that threshold. You're not creating that stimulus that you need to build muscle. So this is why rest is very important. Okay. So that's rest in between sets, rest in between days. You want to rest at least 48, 72 hours in between muscle groups, uh, which if you're doing a program where it's like a upper, lower, full body split, having at least 48 to 72 hours between muscle groups is going to be your best bet just to make sure you're fully recovered so you can make sure you push hard enough to continue to make progress. But 
times happen where you're not gonna be able to do that and that's okay if it happens once in a while but ideally optimally you do want to try to get at least two to three days in between a muscle group probably like two um or one um whatever the case may be you want at least one you don't want to do like a muscle group back to back um so yeah um so the last thing is diving into this is how to uh split it up so here's the thing when you're a beginner you're just gonna again you're gonna build strength and muscle regardless of what you do but as you get more advanced you're gonna kind of have to do like a hybrid approach which both of them are gonna be hybrid but you're, it would be in your best interest to focus on one more than the other because your body, once it starts to adapt, it's going to just get better results if you tell if you give it a stronger signal one way versus the other. If you're giving them, if you're giving your body like two of the same signals, right? So okay, like I'm giving it a strength signal and I'm giving it a hypertrophy signal. You could yeah, you could still make progress, but you're not going to make as much progress had you maybe sent it a stronger strength signal and maybe a little bit of a weaker hypertrophy signal and then three months down the line you switch that up okay i'm gonna send it now a stronger hypertrophy signal and i'm gonna send it maybe like a a weaker strength signal right so switching it up uh every few months like having different goals is gonna be ideal because uh you're gonna get good at both things that's the best way to do it um in my opinion and i and um yeah so essentially if your goal is to get stronger okay but you want to like get stronger and build muscle like it's important to even if your goal is just to get strong it's so important to include some hypertrophy work for remember like bigger muscles equal stronger muscles so i would split up your workout routine three-fourth strength one-fourth hypertrophy and then if your goal is to build more muscle remember also being able to get stronger does play into building more muscle so you do want to still do some strength work so i would do three-fourths hypertrophy one-fourth strength okay and the way that would look okay so let's talk about strength real quick remember strength is very taxing on your body okay so the way i would do it would be maybe if we're doing a strength phase we're just going to focus on four exercises okay so let's just talk about like a lower body day um maybe break it down into four because remember you don't need as much volume for strength because it is so fatiguing all right so maybe i would do uh one lower body i would do a squat okay a hip hinge all in the one to five rep ranges so a squat, a hip hinge, um, and then maybe I would do like a glute bridge, uh, some type of glute bridge or hip thrust variation for that third exercise. Um, and that would be a little bit higher, maybe in like the six to eight rep range. Uh, just again, just to not do too much in the low rep range and totally fatigue our body. So maybe like a barbell back squat um, for five reps. And then maybe a dumbbell glute bias rdl for six reps and then maybe a or uh elevated glute bridge for uh six reps and then to finish it off for your hypertrophy movement right because if we're doing 75 strength 75 percent strength uh the 25 percent for the hypertrophy 
maybe you want to build up your hamstrings. So, okay, maybe I want to do like a hamstring curl. Okay, or maybe I'm going to do a lying hamstring curl. Maybe I'm going to do like a Swiss ball hamstring curl or um, a hamstring bridge, right? Um, that's how I would split that up. Now, on the opposite end, if we're doing the same lower body workout, if I want to do hypertrophy 75%, we can actually do more volume because one, more volume is required for hypertrophy and because it's not as uh, systemically taxing. And two, uh, again, they're not as more, they're not as fatiguing, the hypertrophy workouts, and you actually need more volume to build muscle. So if I was doing a hypertrophy workout with some strength for a lower body, maybe I would do six exercises, right? And maybe the first one or two exercises would be strength focused, right? So for sure, the, the first one's always going to be strength, no matter what. Because strength, again, requires the most skill, requires the most energy, it's the most fatiguing. So we want to make sure we get that done first and foremost while we are the freshest, okay? So maybe I'm doing a barbell back squat, all right? Um, and then for my deadlift variation, for the exercise number two, um, again, maybe I'm doing like a trap bar RDL, all right? Maybe I'm doing a trap bar RDL and I do that for six reps, okay? So for my back squat, I'm doing five reps, which is my strength movement. For the trap RDL, maybe I'm doing um, you know five to eight reps, which is still pretty heavy. And then those are my strength movements. And the trap RDL does kind of move into like the it is like strength and hypertrophy, but um, that would be like your 25% strength work. Now we're moving into the hypertrophy. So we have two exercises. We have four more left. Okay, cool. Uh, now we're going into some of your accessory movements, right? So these are the movements that are still compound based movements where we are working multiple groups at once, but they're accessories to your compounds. They're not your barbell back squat. They're not your barbell deadlift. They're not your uh, barbell bench press. They're accessories to them, right? They complement those. So uh, maybe I would do a, um, again, remember like I talked about the single leg variation. Maybe I'll do a Bulgarian split squat for the third exercise. And I would superset that with um, a single leg glute bridge. Okay. All right, cool. I have four exercises and those ones, maybe I would do a six to 10 rep range or an eight to 12 or eight to 10 rep range. Um, and then to finish it off again, uh, maybe I want to work a little bit more quads and hamstrings. So I'm going to do a front foot or I'm going to do a heel elevated, uh, land my goblet squat, allow my knee to travel over my toe a little bit, get a little bit more quad activation. Um, and then I'm going to superset that to get more hamstrings with a uh, Swiss ball hamstring curl and boom. Okay. And those ones I'm gonna do 10 to 12 reps. So see how like I worked through all the reps and it went from more most fatiguing to the less fatiguing. So at first I started with my big compound movements where I'm lifting really heavy, super fatiguing, very technical. And then the, and also the, the weight was the most because the rep range was the lowest. I moved down to trap bar deadlift, still very technical, but the rep range is a little bit lower, still very heavy, five to eight reps, but it's not as heavy, but still a very technical movement. And then we're kind of moving more towards those accessory movements where it's, okay, I'm doing my Bulgarian split squat um, and I'm doing my single leg glute bridge. There's still a lunge and a glute and a bridge variation, but they're not as demanding and I don't have to lift as much weight with them. So I'm doing those for eight to 10 reps, right? So I'm working down the continuum because to build muscle, the best rep range, I kind of left this out. 
so fuck me, um, is going to be six to 12 reps, okay? Because you can build muscle anywhere from five to 30 reps, really even one to 30 reps. But the problem is, remember how I said that one to six rep range was for strength. If you try to build muscle in the one to six rep range, it's very fatiguing. You're gonna have a hard time recovering from it. It's going to be very damaging on your joints. So you're gonna be hurt. Um, and then if you do it in above the 12 rep range for a lot, it's not, you, you can, but it's just, requires a lot of uh, your cardiovascular system and, and that might quit before your muscles do. So you might not get close to failure because your cardiovascular system uh, quits before. And also going high reps and going to failure is very mentally challenging, which can be great, but a lot of people are going to quit before they fail. Um, and, and it's very mentally challenging. So that six to 12 rep range is the best range for hypertrophy. So again, we did the barbell back squat, five reps. Trap bar deadlift, uh, RDL, five to eight reps. So those were your strength movements. And then we moved into a superset with the Bulgarian split squat and the uh, single leg glute bridge, maybe like a six to 10 rep range or eight to 10. Again, we're moving up more into that hypertrophy range. And we kind of want to work through like the whole hypertrophy range, right? And, and as a general rule, like the 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 less muscles and movement involves the higher the reps you want to be because it's just you're you're it's you're going to be able to handle it more and your your joints aren't going to be as stressed okay so cool like then i finish off with more of like a um more of a isolation based movement i know the heel elevated goblet squat like elevating my heels allows my knee to travel a little bit farther forward which is going to isolate my my quad a little bit so um, I'm doing a little bit higher reps, 10 to 12 rep range. And then I'm doing the uh, Swiss ball hamstring curl. Again, going to be really working on my hamstrings, um, which I'm going to do for like, 10 to 15 reps, whatever the case may be. So again, that was just off the top of my head, but hopefully you can see like how I laid out where it's like, okay, we're doing strength at the beginning, hypertrophy, but we're working through the whole hypertrophy range, right? We're not, like I'm not just using, okay, only six to eight reps or eight to 10 um, as like, it starts to get more isolation based and away from all these compound movements, I kind of go closer to that end range for the hypertrophy. But if, as it starts to use a little bit more of, uh, more muscles and I can lift more weight with it, I do kind of gravitate lower towards the end, towards the beginning of the hypertrophy range, just because the more weight and reps I would do, I just feel like it's very fatiguing. It's gonna be very hard to recover from. So that's basically it. So that's basically the uh, podcast on strength and hypertrophy. What is the difference? And the answer is both, my friend. And I would I would maybe go three months on one, three months on another, kind of alternate them um, and try them out because they both play into each other and they're both very important. So hopefully that all made sense. Uh, I actually kind of enjoyed this episode. So I hope you did too. I uh, hope you got a lot out of this. I tried my best to break it down as simple for you. It's kind of hard to do over a podcast, but I hope I did a good job. And if not, I apologize. Um, but yeah, so again, happy new year. Hope this helped. Um, you know, if you could leave a five-star review, that would help a ton. It really does help the the podcast. I would really, really, really appreciate it. Um, and also like if you found this helpful, Please, all I ask is that if, if you can, maybe share this podcast with somebody that you know it would help. Um, and of course, any questions, my email will be in the description. 
and I hope you enjoyed it and talk to you next time.